the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by the degree of the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger, so that we may not perish. When God, God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. The word of the Lord. The psalm appointed for today is Psalm 130. Please read the psalm responsively by half verse. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, but with you there is forgiveness, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. My soul waits for the Lord. O Israel, hope in the Lord. and he will redeem Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The New Testament reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freedman of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. The word of the Lord. Would you stand as you are able? 
as we prepare our hearts for the hearing of the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory to you, Christ. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother who were in their boat, mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Okay, I've been in the parish family now for a couple of years, and my conscience has been bothering me. I've yet to teach you a single word in Hebrew. So I'm going to rectify that this morning before the annual meeting, and here is the word. It's very simple. Hinnani. Hinnani. Oh, good, good. And now that you've said it, you're all in. So what does it mean? Our junior warden, Brenda, read the Samuel lesson last week, and she said it five times in the space of that one reading. Here am I. Hinnani. Hinnani. Samuel. Hinnani. Reporting for duty, sir, at the ready. Not simply present, but actively present. Even Google gets it right. I looked it up. It's a way of expressing total readiness to give yourself. It's an offer of total availability. And with varying degrees of clarity about what they were getting into... Moses, Samuel, Jeremiah, and that long list of Old Testament saints started their careers by saying that one word, Hinnani, here am I. There's an old saying, 
God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And that is true for everyone huddled in this tent today, this morning. Last week, Jamie told the story of that superhero, Samuel. Old Eli knew that the boy Samuel had to be being propelled forward in his walk with God. And that meant that he must have uttered that one life-changing word, hinnany, here am I, and he had. Fateful for what would then unfold in his life. And even the old Eli would accept that bad news coming from someone who had said, here am I, Lord, was still news from God. And there's nothing more valuable than that. And this morning's gospel from Mark, we hear the calling of the first four apostles. So let's look there. We don't have a lot to work with. That's Mark's trademark, isn't it? We're going to be following Mark from here on out in this year. If Luke is a narrative, Matthew a testimony, John a meditation, Mark is a telegram. Now John was arrested, stop. Jesus calls the four fishermen, stop. Jesus heads to Capernaum and heals the mother of Peter, who he's just called, stop. To say less is not necessarily to communicate less. John's, Mark's terseness, his trademark says much by not saying a lot sometimes. So let's look at those five key verses that we get for today and let them tell us something about our calling as well, what Jesus is calling us to, that we can say, here am I, Lord. Our communion hymn from last Sunday is one of my favorites. I get kind of moved, actually, when I hear it. Here I am, Lord. Hinnany, is it I, Lord? I can hear you calling in the night. Jesus is walking by the Sea of Galilee. John the Baptist has been arrested. So if you're walking there and you intend to start lining up your co-workers and friends for the trip ahead, you're going to call fishermen. Not farmers or scribes or citizens of Jerusalem or rich young rulers. So the first observation I make, Jesus calls where he is. He doesn't ask for CVs ahead of time and check them out. He doesn't sit down with a special team and target the best place for good apostles. He walks, he looks up, he sees, he calls. He calls where his eye falls. Simon and Andrew, brothers, casting nets. You'll do. James and John, also brothers, mending their nets. You'll do too. Wherever we are in our life, Jesus is walking down the path beside us saying, you'll do, you'll do. He's calling us. He's asking us to say, here am I. A second observation from these tightly written little verses. And immediately they drop everything and they follow him. Now, how is this possible? Mark doesn't tell us. And that's important, I think. 
For in reality, there is no psychological rhyme or reason for following Jesus. I did it because of that. As Peter will say later in his life when he's been down the road a ways with the man he's following, Jesus asks him one simple question, doesn't he? Do you want to go away? To which he responds, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. To meet Jesus, then, is to meet the man who changes the way we think about choices we make in life. We think we're in charge, but we meet him and we see the master. And we can call this magnetism, Jesus' magnetism, and that's not wrong. As the woman at the well put it, I love this, come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. Now, that didn't happen. He had a, what, five-minute exchange? And they weren't talking about that. But to meet Jesus is to learn he knows one thing about us that's important, and therefore he knows every single thing about us. You drop everything when you meet Jesus because you're not really holding anything of value. It's interesting that in Luke's gospel, we have this account of the calling. It starts the same way. When Jesus arrives on on the same bank, what's happened? Peter has hauled in this huge catch of fish, so big that he says, depart from me, I am a sinful man. He might as well have said, what I thought I was holding on to, doing, knew how to do, did every day, you know more about than I do. It's like the place the woman at the well found herself. Come meet the man who told me everything I ever did. So Peter said in his own way, maybe not even knowing what he was saying, Hinnany, here am I, Simon Peter. You know more about the thing I've been doing all my life better than I do. And there's a lesson in that for each and every one of us. We hear it a little bit, actually, in the epistle this morning, too. You are called, where you were called, is where you needed to be called. I'm going to work with that. And a third observation. Jesus says to these accomplished fishermen, guess what? With me, you're going to keep doing what you've always been doing. I'm going to make you now fishers of men. I'm going to commandeer the things you know that you believe define you. And in some ways, they really do. And now I'm going to put them to their best use. And you will find yourself in service with me for the very first time. The true person that you are. What is it that you know how to do? Everyone in this room knows how to do something. And there are as many answers as everyone sitting here. But when Jesus gets a hold of a life your life, you lose the things that you do into a new purpose he has for them, now as his apostle, disciple, follower, yes, even his friend. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to make you successful agents of some life and work that you don't know anything about. No, I'm going to take you as you are, and by walking with me, you're going to find a whole new life in me. It doesn't matter what kind of tackle you've been using. You're now fishing for men. 
And that fact is true for all of us here this morning. For example, Matthew was a tax collector and apparently a fairly good one. Uh, It's a very unpopular career, which meant he knew how to write. Well, his best writing days were going to be ahead of him. The Gospel of Matthew. So to Paul, first in his Bible class, right? He brags about it. God spoke from the heavens to him. He blinded Paul. And then he opened his eyes onto a whole new life that lay in front of him. And now Paul would proclaim the scriptures he knew so very, very well. For now he had met the man they were all about. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I can hear you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, where you lead me. This popular hymn gets us, doesn't it? Because we're all learning about what it means to drop things and to let Jesus pick them up and hand them back to him, us now touched by his hand. Jesus equips the called. He tells us everything we ever knew. Without perhaps realizing at first when we meet him, we're starting to drop things we thought were of value. Our life has become, is becoming day by day not our own anymore. I think it's kind of fun that in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has a nickname for James and John. Do you remember it? It's one of my favorite words. Boanerges, sons of thunder. If you Google that, you'll find a heavy metal band, I suspect. (laughs) The fishermen who knew an awful lot about thunder, you get it on shallow water lakes, they will thunder for the one they now call master. Which brings us to Jonah. Ah, the brilliance of our readings. Samuel, super hero, meet Jonah, anti-hero. Jonah says to God when he calls him, here am I. No. I'm headed to Tarshish, thank you. The Timbuktu of his day. Now let's think about this for a minute. Ever ask why it is that Israel preserves stories about people who mess up so terribly? We want to edit those accounts of ourselves, don't we? Get out the whiteout. Like when the elderly Sarah says, I didn't laugh, I didn't laugh. God says, oh no, you did laugh. And you're really going to laugh when that baby comes. To be called and equipped by Jesus is to let His hand settled down on us. The four called today, they will mess up. They will go astray, they will run away, and they will betray. And that makes them not one iota less called. Not one iota less those who recall that one day they met the man who knew everything about them, who rerouted their vocations, reset their GPS. So our man, Jonah, he heads for the exit. But for the called, the road goes nowhere. Instead, what does he get? Three days inside a fish to get his head right. What might typically be seen as death, right? Swallowed by a fish. Becomes for this Jonah a place of rescue as he sees it and of praise to God That is what God can do 
with those who say, here am I, Lord, and also those who say, I'm not interested, Lord, even though you have called me. It's as though that psalm was written with just him in mind. If I go to the uttermost parts of the earth, if I find myself at the bottom of the sea, you are there also. So, in a nice part of Jonah this morning, we meet him having his vocation now clarified for him. I'm going to make you a prophet after all, Jonah, my man. Luther, (laughs) he loved to preach. He called it the best one-line sermon ever delivered within one day's walk. The nastiest city under heaven was converted, man and beast. The most remarkable transformation made possible because Jonah said, at last, Hineni, here am I. It's an important moment in the life of our parish, isn't it? We've got a, a year ahead of us. It's a time for each one here to think a bit about what it means for us to have a vocation Each one of us, each one of us, once upon a time, was casting and mending, going about our daily routines. As another hymn puts it, one of my favorites, you may know it, they cast their nets in Galilee upon the hills of brown, those happy, simple fishermen, before the Lord came down. Contented, peaceful fishermen, before they ever knew the peace of God which filled their hearts, brimful, and broke them too. Broke them? What does that mean? Broke them, I think, to open them up to larger life, to a sense now of our direction and purpose and service, which is, as he tells us, perfect freedom in him. Opens them up to generosity, to care for those who've lost children by a tragic shooting, to love our neighbors as ourselves, dropping everything and finding things because we've done that. This is why Jesus calls and why we say back to him, Hineni. So Jesus came down, and the first thing he did, he started getting right at it. He called, some heard his voice distinctly, here am I. Some, like Jonah, tried to run away or would run away. Some heard but weren't quite clear what they were hearing. Some of us this morning will say, please, Lord, can I hear a little more clearly? I want to be in service. Life has thrown me a curveball. Or for many of us, perhaps, oh, I hear all right, just not sure I have the strength. Just not sure I have the strength to do the things you're calling me to do. Well, the good news is we have a master, a master who is the one calling us, and he has it all in his hands. For all of us here, whatever we're hearing from the Lord or asking to hear more clearly, under this tent of meeting, en route to a church, he's reaching out his hands to take ours in his Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I think to ask the question is to be answering it. Yes, it's you. Yes, it's me. And when we say, I will go, Lord, if you lead me, he says, I promise. 24-7. 
I know you and I have a plan for you. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.